Welcome back, Yodis, to another episode of the CSUSB Advising Podcast. My name is Matt Markin, and with me today is a returning guest, and that's Dr. Danny Dory. Dr. Danny, as many of us call him, is here to talk more about the bachelor's degree in Arabic literature and culture. Dr. Danny, how are you? Thank you so much for having me today again. This is a joyful experience always to be with the best department on our campus, University Advising. And Matt, I know how much you care for students. So I'm very honored and privileged to be here with, with you. Oh, I'm grateful for you to be here with us today. And let's go ahead and dive into the question. So tell us a little bit more about you and your background and how you got to CSUSB. Great. And I, I think we're going to learn a lot about it. I'm going to be very brief about my background. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'm originally from Lebanon, but I studied uh, public policy and agricultural policy when I was getting my doctorate degree. But the degree, it was called agricultural policy, but officially it's called Islamic studies. So uh, whatever was in the dissertation. But what's interesting in, in how I made it to Cal State is right after 9-11, there was a great need for students, I mean, for our government and, and for businesses to hire people who knew Arabic. So they were so desperate uh, to have somebody in Arabic. They called UCLA, where I had graduated, you know, back before 2001. So back in 1995, I had graduated. But my former advisor said, I knew somebody who spoke Arabic and he learned some Arabic, though that was not my specialty itself. But just knowing the language lent me a job here at Cal State San Bernardino. So sometimes you specialize something, but you have another skill that is complementary to what you could do. And this is how I ended up here in 2001 when there was a rush nationwide uh, to teach a critical language. Yeah, and then now you're at CSUSB, and and we've known each other for many many years. And how would you describe the major for Arabic literature and culture? Great. So um, for most of our students, uh, they major in Arabic, and they usually choose a second major. And the second major could be poli sci, it could be military science, it could be cybersecurity. Or it could be in the social sciences, such as, uh, I mean, another social science would be something like history, anthropology, sometimes in communication studies, uh, and sometimes in other fields like international business, uh, sometimes also in law enforcement and IT. So students usually get that Arabic major with a secondary major, or they get an Arabic major and a minor that could support them their, their their degree. Some do it because they want to become Arabic language teachers or translators, but that's not the majority of the students who choose in Arabic uh, study, either minor or major. And so this could be a great major that could pair well with, like you're saying, another degree or another or with a minor. And speaking of minors, is there also a minor that's offered within Arabic? Yes. So on our campus, we do have a minor in Arabic. Uh, sometimes also it's called a certificate, depending if the student is a graduate student or an undergraduate student. So undergraduate students get a minor. Graduate students who could be into, you know, many fields on our campus, such as cybersecurity or national security studies, or they want to go into history, anthropology, come and get a minor. Uh, they call it a certificate. They cannot have it a minor if they're graduate students. Um Yes, so we do have it, uh, and 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 also there's one that only takes maybe one or two extra classes for people to be able to get two minors. They can get a minor in Arabic and a minor in Islamic and Middle Eastern studies. So it's 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 if you plan it well, you almost sometimes don't have to take 
any extra classes if you plan it very well. Otherwise, it's usually one or two extra classes, and then you can tag along both minors. Or if you're doing, let's say, a history major uh, in, let's say, Islamic focus or global studies, or Islamic or Arabic focus or Middle East focus, you can tag along the Arabic degree or the minor, both the bachelor's or the minor. Nice. So some of the classes actually can maybe double count uh, for, for both, like a bachelor's degree and also a minor? Absolutely. So you could either double count them or we do have flexibility to substitute certain courses that because, you know, certain programs always introduce new courses that you may not be aware of. As long as the area is the same and then there is a focus, a language focus and a cultural focus, usually we, we, we are able to substitute these courses and then tag them along uh, into the Arabic program or tag along Arabic language courses or Arabic culture courses into their program. And then usually we talk to other coordinators, let's say from history, policy, international business, and they usually accept taking a class from Arabic and tagging along into their own specialty. I don't know. That's that's really good to know. And of course, one of the questions we get a lot uh, from students is we get questions about internships, career opportunities. You know, what can I do with this major? Can you give us some examples? Sure. So um, internships on our campus or, or that our campus or our department uh, handles is something. And of course, the careers are much wider. Uh, on, traditionally, those students who wanted to do an internship or community service, in our own area in the Inland Empire or sometimes Southern California, which has a large Arabic population. Uh, Southern California is home to the largest Arab population in the state of California and in the United States. Some people think it's Michigan, but it's not true. Uh, Michigan has a high concentration in certain areas, but in terms of numbers of Arabs, um, it is in Southern California, actually. So students who want to do internships here or community service can go into local uh, schools. That could be a religious school, whether it could be Islamic or Christian schools. It could be uh, 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 public schools that have small Arabic programs all the way from here to Los Angeles Unified School District or the, to the LA area, or they can go to nonprofit organizations. Uh, some of them who are doing also internships do it in the healthcare. So they speak Arabic or they learn some Arabic. They go to the hospital and they start translating to students, or not to, to students, but to patients who speak Arabic. Uh, sometimes also we have sometimes influx of uh, refugees. And some of these students go and then work with the refugees, either to help them settle in the Inland Empire or to help them in the language part. As far as career-wise, um, it's it's very, very broad what students can do. Uh, they can choose two tracks. They can go into the public service track or the, the private track. So in the public service, they can go into the foreign service. That would be State Department. They go into intelligence. They can go into military. Or they can go to the like Department of Commerce. They can go. So the public service has a lot. Law enforcement, there's a lot of interest, let's say, from the FBI or, or the intelligence community to have people uh, who already know Arabic. And then they are also specialized in these uh, fields, law enforcement, uh, legal studies, uh, criminal justice, and so on. Now, uh, also in, in cybersecurity. So somebody has no cybersecurity and knows a critical language like Arabic, Korean, Chinese, Russians are also highly, highly sought after. Uh, if they wanted to go into the uh, private sector, then of course, the, the, the you know, sky is the limit. Uh, some people go to nonprofit organizations helping refugees. Some people go into an international business. So a uh, lot of people want to go 
Typically, they go to the Gulf country like Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. People know it as Dubai, but Dubai is just the Emirates and United Arab Emirates. And there are lots of job opportunities for people to go there and then work. Uh, U.S. companies usually lack people who have culture and language uh, uh, competence, fluency and competence to be able to conduct uh, these uh, transactions with foreign companies. So uh, getting a language, regardless whether it's Spanish or Japanese or Arabic in that matter for today, um, is a huge asset that people could, could sell and then put it on their resume. What I'm getting is there's plenty of opportunities in various areas. And especially if, if a student's looking to do an internship, Inland Empire is where it's at. Uh, the Inland Empire has a lot of opportunities, yeah. uh, and uh, and even people who want to go into healthcare. I know our campus has now, of course, the nursing program. We're going to be opening a PA program. And if somebody wanted to go to the closest medical school in the Inland Empire, they'll have to go to either Loma Linda or they want to go to UC Riverside. What is very interesting, actually, if you go to UCR, the UC Riverside's uh, medical application for medical students, they specifically say, a major in biology is not required, but even a major in word languages, which would be like Arabic, Chinese, is highly desirable because they understand that the subject competence, you have to know these seven golden classes for, for medical school, you know, like organic chemistry and some physics, math. But what they want, the rest of the training happens in the medical school. What they really, really, really want, if somebody who's globally competent, who can talk and, and communicate well with a diverse community, and usually getting a degree in, in, in languages um, uh, is, is one of these assets, whether it's Spanish, we have a healthcare, uh, like a, a certificate in healthcare Spanish, but also in Arabic and other languages would be great assets for people. And UCR specifically say, we'll get a degree in something as such as a word language uh, program. Yeah, because as long as you have the prerequisite science classes, math classes that you need for med school, you're meeting those requirements. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, let's say a student is interested um, in this major or just the topic in general. Is there like an introductory course a student could take? And could that also maybe cover a, a certain general education requirement? Absolutely. So, um Students have two, two ways to do it. If they wanted to take like a beginning class in all our languages, including Arabic, it's usually coded 1111. So it will be like A-R-A-B, such Arabic 1111. Uh, we have like Spanish 111, French and so on. But for Arabic, it will be A-R-A-B 1111. And usually in that introductory class, they learn the alphabet. It's a different alphabet. So we write from right to left instead of left to right. They'll learn maybe about maybe 50 greetings, maybe, maybe 30 to 50, you know, basic survival Arabic. Uh, they'll be able to decipher some words, uh, recognize certain things with, with pictures. Of course, it's a little bit difficult language. That's why it's in high need. Uh, but um, uh, this is a good class uh, that tells them, you know, is it something I want to pursue or not? So one approach is start with the beginning class and see if this is something that a person wants to pursue. And of course, it may take you know a couple of years, of course, to, to learn the language at a higher level. Or somebody can start with a, a culture class. If they were to do a language class, it fulfills one of the GE requirements. If you go under the second category, the, the arts and humanities, the category two, uh, uh, that Arabic 1111 fulfills uh, um, that GE category. So it, it, it helps. If they wanted to do a different pathway, say, you know what, let me learn a little bit about the culture. And then from the culture, 
Um, I will see if there's something I want to pursue a little bit more. And usually in my culture classes, there are for people who do not want to learn the language, but they want to learn a little bit more on the literatures and then what's happening. I do introduce anyways, uh, uh, or, or some of the teachers, of course, introduce language part of it, uh, not to know how to read it and write it, but no, sometimes speak it and then, you know, maybe listen to some movies that are in, in a different language. Uh, this also covers the C3 category of the general education. So C2 will be the actual language, such as Arabic 1111. If they want to go in a, C, a C3, they could do something like an Arabic 2900. Uh, mm -hmm. All the 2900 are literature and translation in, in, in our department. And if they want to go into an Arabic 3900, it will be something a little bit more specialized, such as women who are writing that literature. And that will cover actually... Uh, in upper division, a GE requirement, which is the C4, and it also some of these classes, some of them, not all of them, cover also the writing intensive uh, requirement on our campus, which we usually have to. So I usually highly recommend students, you know, take a culture class. If you feel like you're more interested, then come, you know, learn the language. Uh, since we are, a, we, we have a large uh, portion of our students who speak Spanish, many people don't know that Spanish has about 3,000 words of Arabic origin. So mm. any person who speaks Spanish already knows 3,000 words in Arabic without knowing that they're Arabic. So um, it, it's very, this one of the activities usually we do, like you speak Spanish or even if you speak English, come see how many words are in your native language that are of Arabic. And they say, oh my gosh, suddenly they know two, 300 words and they're very happy about it. Uh, so this is one of the things. Uh, so fulfilled category C2, C3, C4 for upper division, and also the writing intensive. A lot of the Arabic classes uh, also co uh, cover the diversity, uh, uh, inclusion, uh, the diversity and inclusion, and then the global des designation on our campus. Just like we we're talking about, you know, possibly doing a, a major and a minor and classes double counting. Even with some of these classes for some of the GEs, it could count in like a GE area, one of the des uh, writing or designation areas or one of the other designation areas. So benefits to take some of these classes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and generally speaking, within the Arabic major, what are students learning um, in, in the classes? Great. Um, so um, depending on the class, but usually in the first two years of, of classes, they are learning both the script, which takes some time to, to learn. I mean, it's not as, it is not as complex as uh, languages that have characters. Uh, I mean, that have uh, uh, like, like Chinese, uh, th that will be much more complex to do. Uh, but for Arabic, it's 28 letters that can learn it usually in a few weeks and then start getting with it. Basic survival Arabic is what they're gonna learn with heavy exposure on the culture. Um, since the Inland Empire already has a lot of Arab uh, living here, and there is so much into healthcare, engineering, usually law, um, you know, other, other private businesses, uh, it's something good to, to connect with these people. So our teachers usually try to focus on ability to communicate with people within your own community, uh, how to greet them, how to maybe negotiate prices, uh, say a couple of jokes, uh, proverbs, definitely sing songs, 
uh, usually make people a little bit closer. And this is where our focus on the first two years. Once you go into third year and fourth year Arabic, and now we're specializing in two areas, content areas, media and Arabic, film and Arabic, um, uh, women writings and Arabic, um, uh, golden age of Arabic culture. This is one of the classes we teach, uh, or, you know, it's, it's WLL, coded WLL 3920. Uh, it's a, it's one of these courses that change topics, but one of them is the golden age of Arab culture. And, and many people are really, really surprised about uh, the interconnectedness of our cultures, whether it is, uh, uh, you know, from the United States to abroad, how much United States has influenced others, or how much other cultures have also influenced us here. Nice. And kind of going along, is there any misconceptions that you think there might be about uh, Arabic or the Arabic major? Uh, yes. So uh, usually when somebody chooses a major in, in, in Arabic uh, or, or sometimes other languages, people think, oh, you're going to be either a teacher of Arabic or a translator. Uh, and they've never seen anything other than that. Uh, as, as we've explained before, there are so many, you know, just a wide varieties of, of, uh, of major. Even people who want to go to the military, I forgot to say this, people who are in the military on our campus through the ROTC program, they actually get extra credit, extra credit as in financial incentives to learn a critical language, such as Arabic or, or, or Korean, uh, because these are highly sought after. So... Uh, plus, they can go later on into crypto linguistics and uh, crypto languages, uh, and, and so there's a specialty, of course, in the military uh, that is highly needed. But uh, yes, learning a language is not about being a translator or a teacher of that language. Learning a language is about exposure to other cultures, being critically minded, uh, having respect to others, and then having skill. Like on your resume, you say, you know, I have a Microsoft Office skills, or I have some database skills, or, or software skills. Having a language is a huge skill. And if somebody reaches a certain level, they can take official exams by third party, and then put where they are. Are they intermediate? Are they advanced? Are they superior? Depending where they are on the on the proficiency scale. And this is an internationally recognized uh, asset or skill that a person could add on, on their resume. Nice. Yeah, no. And yeah, because I think, uh, as you were saying, sometimes it's, hey, what can I do with this major? And immediately it's teaching or being an interpreter. Um, so it's good to know that you're kind of demystifying a lot of that and showing that there's so much more you can do with this major. And let's say someone does decide to um, change their major, or declare this as their major. Are there any resources available for them uh, through CSUSB? Sure. So if somebody wanted to do this, I usually um, would, would highly recommend them to come talk to one of the faculties in the Eric program. They're very welcome to contact me or talk to our department chair or the other faculty. We have another full, one, one other uh, professor who's a full-time faculty too. They're welcome to talk to her or to myself or go straight to the department chair who could advise them. Just because there are a lot of details that sometimes a regular advisor may not be aware of what is available in terms of internships or career opportunities. Because a lot of the times we work these, you know, uh, independently with some nonprofit organization. So students who comes to me or under maybe the other professor, and maybe we, I may be working with 
you know, some nonprofit or consulting corporation. And then I said to them, why don't you do this? Uh, some of our students, we've taken them to, uh, to conferences with us. They've, uh, one of them just arranged a whole conference. Uh, the conference happened to be in Hawaii. Uh, and she was very happy to be there. But uh, there are a lot of these opportunities. And easiest way is to go to the department. Uh, we have an email address. It's uh, easiest way is WLL. That stands for World Languages and Literature. So WLL at csusb.edu. Otherwise, they can just Google it on our campus World Languages Department, and then they can find it online. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm on there right now. And so, if, Yodis, if you go to the CSUSB website and go to the World Languages uh, Department page, hover over undergraduate, and then they have uh, the list of the majors. So you can click on, let's say, the BA in Arabic, and there'll be more information there as well. But Dr. Danny, this is very insightful. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. And I want to wish all of our students the best. Also, always remind them that learning a language uh, scientifically is proven uh, uh, delays the onset of, God forbid, uh, dementia or, 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 uh, or Alzheimer's disease. So it's always good to, to learn another language other than, I mean, the career, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, benefits to it. It's also very good to do it for health and also to become global citizen, people who really respect uh, people of other cultures who really live among us here or for students who one day take a plane and then go to the Arab world and then visit uh, some of the great traditions. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Matt.